Shaft and welcome to this week's Championship Roundtable. Uh, pleased you can join us this week. Uh, this week we've got a couple of guests, including obviously myself, uh, at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter, representing Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, we've also got Ollie, who is representing Uddersfield, and Mikey, who is representing Blackburn. Um, if you just want to uh, go around the table, and this week we will start with Ollie, if you just want to introduce yourself, mate. Hello, my name's Ollie. Uh, I'm Huddersfield Town season ticket holder. Um, my Twitter is at Ollie Fisher. Um, I also run an AC Milan blog in English, um, as well as being a part of the North Stand Loyal fan group at Huddersfield. Thank you, Ollie. Uh, Mikey, do you want to just introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm actually better known as Mike. I normally drop the Y, but my Twitter speaks for me, I'm afraid. Uh, my name's uh, Mikey Delap. I'm uh, uh, Blackburn Rovers fan, a long-suffering Blackburn Rovers fan at the moment, it feels like. Uh, I used to write my own blog, the the Wild Blackburn Rover, and uh, nowadays I'm just found sort of shrinking all my thoughts down into about 140 characters online, which is just an easier way to do it. Cool, thank you both for that. Um, I'll just, obviously, I've introduced myself, but like you know, I currently write for Shoot Football. I represent Sheffield Wednesday for that. I recently contributed to uh, Sheffield Star and Transfer Bible. And if you like Sheffield Wednesday statistics, I am your man also. Uh, so this week, uh, let's go around the table. And if we can start with you, Ollie, and just basically have an insight into what's happened over the last seven days at your club. Yeah, well, um, in terms of games, uh, obviously Huddersfield had their unbeaten start to the season ended on Tuesday night down at Brighton. Um, it's a game that I thought we were really quite unlucky to lose, to be honest. Um it was a mistake by Danny Ward, unfortunately, towards the end of the game that cost us uh, what I thought would have been a well-earned draw. But over the course of the season so far, he's saved us a lot more points than he's cost us. So, you know, we can forgive him for that. Um, but I thought we played well in that game. We gave Brighton a real test even after they scored. Um, and, and like I say, I think it was quite a harsh way for us to lose our unbeaten run. Um, and then going into uh, Saturday's match against Queen's Park Rangers, I thought it was really important that we answered back with three points against uh, a team that was obviously low on confidence after being drubbed 6-0 by Newcastle in midweek. Uh, we responded with a, with a confident performance um, in control for, I would say, 85 minutes of the game and it wouldn't be Huddersfield without making it nervous towards the end. But ultimately we came away with the, with the three points um, and... We have extended our lead by a point at the top of the league, which is something I didn't think I'd be saying uh, the next time I came on. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's something obviously we're all going to ask you, Huddersfield uh, sitting at the top of the league. It's quite surprising at the minute. How long, how long do you think this uh, can potentially go on? Like, obviously, uh, the flying at the moment. Uh, where do you expect to be, for example, at Christmas? It's interesting because none of us really know. Our manager, David Wagner, said, you know, there is no limit to what we can achieve this season. And that's the way that the fans and clearly the players feel. Um, I think we've got a, a team that is very much full of unknowns. Uh, obviously, we've brought a lot of players in from, from Germany, um, also from Russia. Um, and it's it's one of those that's it's got so many different dynamics that added to the new fan culture that we've got at the stadium. I think that it, it has the recipe to be really successful. But, you know, there are teams that I think are better than us in the league, obviously. Uh, teams that have spent a lot more money, um, clubs that are more well-established, the likes of Newcastle, uh, 
Norwich teams teams such as that. So how long will our run at the top of the table last? I would guess probably not very long. Um, but come Christmas, who knows? If we can still be in and around the top six, maybe even the top eight, then you know I think that will represent progress so far this season. And then it will come down to squad depth as to whether we can actually achieve anything notable this season. Um, but at the moment, you know, long may it continue because it's it's been a ridiculously good ride watching town at the moment. Yeah, of course, it's it's great to see uh, like an underdog as such at the top of the league in a minute, and hopefully they can continue that and do potentially. I know I know Brighton didn't get promoted last season, but potentially if they can finish in a in a playoff spot, that would be fantastic for Huddersfield. Uh, can we move on to you, Mike, and just discuss Blackburn uh, potentially, please? <laughs> Okay, well, probably just to shrink this down a little bit, um, every bit of positivity, joy and enthusiasm that Ollie's just gone with, I can more or less spin on its head and do the exact opposite. Um, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, yeah, it's it's been nothing like that. I mean, admittedly, last seven days has, has actually seen us win our first game. So whilst you've been busy, Ollie, losing a game, we've actually decided to win one for the first time since the Second World War, <laughs> it feels like. Um <laughs> We did in midweek lose to Leeds, which was sort of earmarked as a potential game to get back on our feet in light of the fact that Gary Monk's perhaps not got off to the best of starts at, at Leeds. But unfortunately, after a, a bright start, we seem to sort of go back into our shell as a team, which seems to be the norm at the moment. Let Leeds come on to us and eventually, after actually clawing our way back into the game, do the most basic rookie defensive error imaginable and end up uh, losing the point that we had. Um, thankfully, I mean, after that seemed to kill off pretty much every bit of hope that anyone ever had. We've obviously had the, the joy of uh, Rotherham visiting this weekend. And uh, I wouldn't obviously say they're a good side. They're pretty much as bad as we are, sadly. But um, yeah, we've actually managed to string our first win together. Um, one positive of note is we've we've brought in uh, Marvin Emnez on loan, who's obviously much maligned in the Premier League, but seems to be uh, shaping up to be a, a good signing for us on loan for the, well, until January at least um, from there. So I wouldn't say it's starting to come together. But again, when you win a game, you've got to look to build up on uh, build on that and, and have a, you know, continue to progress a bit. So um, we'll have to see. But it's going to be a long season for us, I think. Yeah, cool. I mean, obviously, uh, Mike, we... Blackburn, where, where do you, where do you think it's just gone wrong? Obviously, I know I know they won recently, but where do you think it's gone wrong? Is it just a confidence thing? It seems at the minute, or is, or do you think it's something more underlying than that? Well, you were confident of keeping this under an hour as a podcast. I would uh, probably go against that. <laughs> if you want me to try and explain that all in one go? Uh, it's a, it's a combination of things, really. I mean, you can't really point at one thing and go there. You go there's your answer. As soon as we fix that, uh, you know, the rest will just click it back into place. It's a combination of things. I mean. Uh, the manager Owen Coyle is um, not the best. He, he's, you know, other than his wonderful little six-month stint at Burnley, which got them promoted, he hasn't really done anything. In fact, he's been more or less a, an abject failure at anything ever since. Uh, so he's not the most inspiring manager, other than talking a good game. Um, the owners obviously have completely lost interest in in doing anything productive with the club. I think we're just a footnote at the bottom of their massive account sheet. Um, and the you know the summer business indicates the way that we're going at the moment. We've sold you know the likes of Shane Duffy to Brighton, Grant Hanley to Newcastle. You know we let go of a few players just over the season. Uh, sorry, at the end of the season for um, with the contracts up and just replaced all these people with freebies and loans, which is great when you think, oh look, we're saving money, reducing the debt. But it does show on the field as well. The you know the 
the the quality of the general player that we've got in the side is is not as good as it was say two or three years ago. Yeah, it's quite interesting, obviously, Mike, that you uh, you mentioned Owen Coyle and whatever, because one of the topics today is uh, is he the right man for the job? So we'll move on to that mm. next. I'll just quickly discuss Sheffield Wednesday and the week they've had. Um, mm. To be honest, I'm, I'm going to start with two things off the field. As about an hour ago, it's literally uh, before the podcast started. It's it's been announced that our left back um, is not a first team player. He's been a reserve as such, and he was on uh, alone. Uh, on loan at Wolves last season. Jeremy, Jeremy Elhan has just retired at the age of 24 to concentrate uh, on his religion. Um, so that is a completely out of the blue, strange decision for me. But at the age of 24, um, it, se- it just seems of an, an odd one. He's, he's got obviously six, seven years, eight years left in him and he's uh, retired at 24 due to religion. So that's that out of the way. We'll, we'll move on from that one. Um, I in midweek we beat Bristol City 3-2 and it was a very very strange game from the outset it was delayed 15 minutes uh, I mean I don't know where to start with this game to be honest it absolutely poured it down with rain we were 2-0 down at half time uh, we had a man sent off they missed the penalty it hit the post it came back out it put Hooper through on the halfway line they brought him down they got a man sent off and Ultimately, I could talk about this game all night, but we went on and we scored a 95th minute winner and we won that game 3-2. So that was a completely fantastic game for a neutral, but honestly, my heart was beating the last 15 minutes and I didn't know whether it turned out to be a good or a bad game, to be honest. Uh, But we got the points. One special mention, um, I know, unfortunately, we we haven't got any Bristol City fans on today, but Tammy Abraham... Um, is probably one of the best players I've seen come to Hillsborough for a long time. He's 18 year old. I don't know if you guys know much about him, but he's on loan from Chelsea. Um, he is just an outstanding forward. He's, he offers everything you want as a forward. He's got pace. He can. Uh, he's an aerial threat, and uh, he scores goals unbelievably. Apparently, this statistic is true. As of last week, he scored seven goals from his last eight touches um so he's definitely one to watch out for in the future so just make note of his name tammy abraham currently at bristol city uh, and then going on to yesterday we've played uh birmingham away again frustrating tearing the air out it's just these key moments what are costing us at the minute we obviously went one nil up through hooper after 79 minutes we dominated the first 30 minutes and then it seemed to be pretty even after that for about an hour uh, but just individual errors, again, has cost us uh, yesterday. So we'll come on to that a bit later. Uh, but we'll move on and we'll go to the next topic, which is uh, our, man- our managers at the minute. And we just want to know, obviously, your thoughts on are they the right man for the job or have you got a different opinion from now as you did a month ago? So can we discuss Huddersfield, Ollie, and talk about your guy and the manager there at the minute and is he the right man for the job? Well, I, I don't know where to begin with this. Um... Obviously, before David Wagner arrived, we had Chris Powell in charge. And um, there were a lot of supporters who were quite rightly angry and frustrated with the football that was being played under Chris Powell. It was seen as negative. Um, We didn't have anything much other than long ball. We focused on defence first and we still looked weirdly shaky at the back. Um, And it was a very uninspiring brand of football and it was a negative time at the club. You know, we were... We were selling our best assets like Jacob Butterfield and uh, obviously 
that that never really uh, instills confidence in the supporters. Um, but then uh, a beautiful German man called David Wagner came along, and he's transformed the club from top to bottom, uh, along with his assistant Christoph Bühler, and he has brought a refreshing style of football, very much like um, Jurgen Klopp has to Liverpool. You know, it's high pressing, it's 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 counter attack, but at the same time being creative with the ball in the final third. Um, you know, I, I I did stay earlier today to to a friend of mine that it's it's remarkable how under power we were meant to be focusing on being defensive first, and under Wagner we're playing a more expansive style. Yet we look ten times more solid at the back under Wagner, and we look ten times as good going forward. Um, the recruitment's been really good from Wagner. He's he's managed to bring a lot of his um, of his ex players along with him from Dortmund, and they're all fitting into the side perfectly. We've we've signed a a centre back called Chris Schindler, who I think has been our best signing. You know, he, he, I think on his day he's definitely one of the best central defenders in the championship. Um, and yeah, so Wagner has, has has transformed the club from top to bottom, along with the chairman Dean Hoyle. You know, he needs to to get a lot of praise for what he's done. He's stuck with us through the through the through the tough times. It could have been easy for him to walk away because he he's he's reiterated quite a lot that we don't have the financial capability to compete with the top teams. And you know, QPR came to us on Saturday having spent uh, over two and a half million on two of our players in Alex Smithies and Joe Lynch. Joe Lynch was on the bench, Alex Smithies started, and we've essentially built our entire squad for about 3.9 million. And um, it just goes to show what you can do on a budget when you have the right approach uh, and and the, the right mentality. So, yeah, everything's good and I couldn't be happier with Wagner. I think it's a gamble that's so far shown that it'll that it'll pay off. Yeah, that's good. I mean, obviously you mentioned Wagner and you mentioned earlier as well about Uddersfield making a lot of changes recently. Do, do you think because Uddersfield are a bit of an unknown team that p- teams don't know how to suss them out a minute, that is one of the reasons that they are doing well? Do you think Do you think that might be something going forward this season that teams, like I mentioned, don't know much about their players and the style of play? That's, that's the reason they're picking up points, do you think? I think there is an element of that, definitely. Like I said, we've signed a lot of players from 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 Germany, and and that's the kind of thing where you know scouts in this league should have an idea of of what these players are like. But obviously, it's an it's an added dynamic that opponents have got to suss out. Um, but I would say that our style is is fairly straightforward um, in terms of our approach, our pressing, high energy. Like I say, being being creative in attack, um, utilizing a four two three one. Um, and that's pretty much remained the same. But uh, I do think the one thing that will keep us keep us as sort of an unknown quantity would be purely our squad depth. Um, we have got a we've got a ready made alternative for every single position from one to eleven, and that is something that is is really really undervalued. Um, and and also we've got a lot of young and hungry players who are wanting to prove themselves. Like you mentioned, Tammy Abraham, who's come on loan from Chelsea to Bristol City. We've got Casey Palmer, who's come on loan to us from Chelsea. Um, and they've all got they've all got things to prove. And and ultimately the jigsaw pieces seem to fall into place for now. Um, and whether teams suss us out later in the season, um, whether fitness becomes a problem. Um, we don't really know at the moment, so you know, like I say, we're just going to enjoy it while we can, really. 
Yeah, of course, you, you've got to do it, mate. Yeah, just keep enjoying that. Uh, obviously, <laughs> a, a different contrast at uh, the other end of the table, Mike. Uh, what what about, <laughs> like you discussed Owen Coyler briefly already, uh, mm. what, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think if Blackburn are down there by, say, let's say another two months, he's going to go? Or, or what are your thoughts on that? So no, I think first and foremost, you definitely put in Ollie on talking about Huddersfield first in an attempt to make me cry. That's what it feels like at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest, you should have never have been appointed in the first place. Uh, there's a lot deeper problems than who manages our club at the moment. Uh, but he's, he, you know, he, he's not. Ri- I, I, I'm still of the belief that he should never have been appointed in the first place. I think if you know, if we get perhaps 10 games down the line and we trudge along at the sort of pace we're going at the moment, without meaning to sound like a big dramatic or something, it, it'd be difficult to look past, uh, you know, relegation. That's the sort of thing we'd have to think about uh, from there because there's a danger that we're going to get cut off if things don't improve and pretty quickly. It's it's OK saying we won at the weekend and there's been the odd thing that's changed here and there, but until the fundamentals change at the club, the mentality changes between uh, amongst our players, the... Uh, you know, the sort of resilience that you need to win games is instilled from somewhere. You know, we can do all the talking and rattling on that we want, but, uh, you know, something's got to change. Otherwise, we're in big, big trouble. And Owen Cole, obviously, as the manager, is responsible for what happens on the pitch at Blackburn. Uh, He's signed some, you know, decent enough players. He's also signed some very suspect sort of young players that he's hyped up and then not bothered playing. you know, it looks a little bit all over the place. In fact, if you weirdly, if you write our team down on a piece of paper, it doesn't actually look that bad. It looks a pretty sort of respectable, uh, you know, sort of starting eleven. But because of that, I, I'm I'm of the belief that there are other managers out there who would be free and available. That, you know, that we could even maybe tempt from other teams to come and manage us that would get better results out of the players that are there at the moment. And uh, you know, for, again, for that very very reason. Owen Coyle isn't 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 the man for us. Definitely not. Yeah, it's it's interesting you should say that because obviously it, it is it is still early days as well. And like you mentioned, mm. maybe he's not the right guy going forward. But I think mm. it's one of them with Blackburn. Only time will tell, won't it? Like we say, a few more months and potentially mm. the the only good thing is that the, the potentially can only go higher up in the table. So uh, it's certainly mm. something to look out for. I'll just quickly move on to Sheffield Wednesday. So obviously we've got Carlos Carvajal. Um, he certainly proved he was the right man for the job last year. Uh, this season, things have changed slightly as we have got a bit more expectation on the club, especially after spending a well, we, we spent about nine, ten million pounds in the transfer window, uh, and we've got a lot of players on high wages. Uh, so it's still early days for me to assess. It's one of those where I'd like to say, can I tell you in May? Um, but at the end of the day, I'm guessing that I will assess this again at Christmas. I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely the right man for the job, but is he the right man to get us into the top two? That is a different question. I mean, I was I was looking at a few things before I came onto the podcast today, and Carlos Carvajal has played 65, uh, played 65, we haven't got him up front, but he's managed Wednesday for 65 games now and he's won 28 of those and lost 17. So he's got a win ratio of 43%. Now, 43% is not too bad at all, but to get us promoted or where we want to be, I'd like that to be more around the 55% mark. So again, 
I think it's a bit like Blackburn, we are in coil. It's, it's, it's just going to take a bit of time. I know this is a different situation because we've got different ambitions this season. But again, by Christmas, I think, or I'm hoping, we're going to be in that top six. If we're not, questions are going to start to be answered. Uh, asked, sorry. So we will see from there. Um, we're just going to just move... like to... go on. Oh, I just like to say, by the way, I would have gladly shook hands on the forty-three win percent. By the way, if anyone's up for that. <laughs> well, of course, yeah. It's, it's it's not a bad ratio. It's just obviously, like I mentioned, our ambitions are slightly changed. Where we need to be in that top, we need to be either playoffs minimum again this season, and a forty-three percent win ratio again this season would not get us there. Um, it needs to be just slightly higher. We we need to potentially be winning an extra game every month, if that makes sense. Um, can we have? Can we stick to eighty-five percent wins? Is that all right? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. You're absolutely flying, yeah. God, eighty-five percent. I mean, every every team in country would be wishing they got that at the minute. So, uh, honestly, mate, you you keep having your parties and having your drinks or whatever you're doing because um, <laughs> it, it, I'm I'm afraid to say it won't last. So just keep partying, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll we'll move on slightly to uh, if we can discuss Ollie um, teams that have or a, or a team that has impressed you other than your team at the minute. And a team that's disappointed if you've got uh, two on the top of you on top of your mind, mate. Yeah, I, I guess the team that's impressed me really so far this season is Brentford. Um, I think they've gone under the radar. Really, uh, they're, they're they're up in the top six, I believe, after a thumping win yesterday. Um, obviously, we played them first game of the season, and I thought they were quite unlucky to lose two one. I would say that that day we were just a bit fitter, really, and. Um, Ultimately, bringing a player like Casey Palmer off the bench proved to pay dividends for us. But yeah, Brentford, Brentford are um, are doing really well. I think they've got obviously one of the talisman in the league in Scott Hogan. He'll keep banging the goals in as long as he can stay fit. Um, and yeah, I've I've been impressed with their style of play as well. It'd be so easy for for when they lost Warburton to just um, to just pack it in really and focus on on just surviving in the championship, but. You know, Dean Smith's doing a great job there, and and I think they've got a good team that could actually perhaps challenge the challenge for the top six. Um, and a team that's disappointed me. It, it's tough because um, there's obviously a few teams who have struggled to get form early in the season, but uh, as it as the table starts to take shape, I guess based on just how well they did last season, I think Preston have disappointed me slightly. Uh, obviously, they went on a on a bit of a storming run uh, in one part of last season, and and found themselves in the in the top ten. Um, but this season, uh, they were six points from eight games, hovering above the relegation zone, and and they're struggling um, a bit under Simon Grayson, who was pretty much the same with us. You know, we started well under Grayson, but then uh, then he left after we couldn't really sort our defence out. Uh, and just quickly, I'll mention Wigan as well. I thought that with the team that they have, they'd they'd have started the season a little bit better and used the momentum. But you know, they're they're in the bottom three as it stands at the moment with just five points. So yeah, I'd, I'd say those two are a little bit disappointing. Lancashire in general is disappointing, to be honest. So, <laughs> that'll that's my last point. Yeah, that's anyway, that, that's just a, that's just a regional thing there rather than uh, football. Um, a bit of both. 
Oh, we're getting, we're getting political now, are we? <laughs> uh, no, you're interesting that you said Brentford, actually, because I've, I've got like a little so- soft spot for Brentford. Um, they, they just, this last few years, they, they just seem to be a well-drilled, organised team and they're always tough to beat. And like you say, they, they might not finish in the top six. They'll definitely be thereabouts, maybe between that sixth and eighth position. But they, they are, I mean, I think they won 5-0 yesterday. Um, but they, uh, yeah, they're very organised, and I'm, I'm quite pleased that you did say Brentford uh, because they are very hard to break down. Uh, obviously, moving on to you, Mike. Uh, have you got a team that's impressing and a team that is disappointing this season? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm amazed they've not had a mention so far for impressing. But what about Barnsley? Unbelievable. It's it's not even just like um, you know, like some of the teams you see at the top of the table. You sort of think, oh yeah, yeah you know, expecting them to be up there or there or thereabouts. Even Huddersfield, I know they had that, you know, big ticket, season ticket drive before the, uh, you know, before the season started. So I kind of, I wasn't expecting them to be top, admittedly, Huddersfield, but I expected them to do pretty well. Whereas Barnsley, it just seems to have come from absolutely way out of left field. I even have a couple of friends who are Barnsley fans and they, at the start of the season, seemed reasonably optimistic they might do okay. Uh, But they just seem to have, got off to an absolute flyer. Again, you know, it's one of those things that probably will ground to a halt, but being in fourth on 15 points with five wins from eight games is, um, I, I might have missed something, but seems unbelievably unexpected. Um, if anyone wants to correct me, feel free. But uh, No, I've, I've got no. to agree with that. I mean, I'm, I'm, we've got to ask you who's going to disappoint as well yet, but I will just quickly yeah. say my team as well was going to be Barnsley. That's impressed. Mm. Uh, I mean, obviously, other than Huddersfield, mm. I, I was going to say Huddersfield, but obviously with Ollie on, I've, I thought Barnsley have been standout mm. also. Um, they scored 19 goals in eight games. They've scored more than any other team in the in mm. division. Um, and they're averaging the most shots in the league, I believe, as well. They've got, they're averaging like over 15 shots per game. But most interestingly, what I thought was... Uh, one standout stat was that they've actually already this season, in eight games, they've had 11 different goal scorers. I know, like that's just unbelievable. Like, if you think it of an, another another team after eight games, have probably maybe got four, five, six goal scorers. They've got eleven, and mm. they're just going from every position. We um, had nine, to be fair, we had nine. Have you got nine? Have you? Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that's that's. I mean, it just showing you both teams, Huddersfield and Barnsley, are working collectively as a team. Absolutely. And yeah. it with goals coming in from left backs and wings and obviously midfield areas. I mean, but going back to Barnsley, Connor, if I pronounce this wrong, correct me, but Connor Hurian yeah. has scored uh, three goals and got four assists this season. So obviously a special mention to him at Barnsley. He seems to be the talisman. But yeah, 11 goal scores this season for them is just, I thought that's just outstanding. That's that's typically something you'd, you'd hear at the end of the season, never mind just a couple of months in. Uh, but yeah, so can mm. we hear the team who's disappointing for you, Mike? <laughs> yeah, do you know, I was just having a, t- whilst you were talking then, I was just having a tot up of uh, the different goal scorers. We've actually had quite a few different goal scorers. Our problem is we just can't defend for uh, worth a damn, really. Um, but uh, yeah, the team that's disappointed uh, me more than others, I would say, is probably Villa. Um, because, I mean, again, I know it's coming down from the Premier League and it always feels a bit of a come down almost coming to the Championship, but coming down with that sort of level of parachute payment and, you know, good crowd size and, you know, change of owner, change of manager, um, you know, I know it's difficult. They were rubbish last year in the Premier League. I watched a lot of their games and thought, crikey, half of League One would give them a decent game here. Um, but, I mean, they've won one game in, in eight. 
they've drawn five, they've scored eight goals. Blimey, we've scored ten. Um, you know, I, I expected a lot more from them, I thought, personally, especially with uh, Sir Rudy Gusted playing for them as well, or occasionally playing for them. Uh, I, I, I genuinely, almost naively thought they might do really well this season, but they've been fairly mediocre, I think, to be kind. Uh, I, I can't, I'm not looking at them right this second, but I'm imagining there's something like 18th, 19th, something like that, which is surely dreadful by their standards. Yeah, um, to be honest, Aston Villa were one of the teams I was going to mention. I didn't pick them, but I'm glad you have because going the, the teams that came down last season, like not obviously Norwich, Newcastle and Villa, for, for some reason, Villa were the one, one team where a lot of people were like, you know what, they could go back down again. Um, which is strange because you'd think that Villa just wouldn't be in a position like that. We were a massive club and potentially I can't, I don't know what I make of Aston Villa when I've watched them this season. They, they, they look good in parts, but then they also look awful in parts as well. So it's, I don't know whether again, that's going to be something what's going to take time and they slowly start to creep up the league. Uh, but yeah, Aston Villa are somewhat disappointing this season, especially like you say, that I think they have about 17th, 18th in the league and you'd expect them to obviously be top half. Um, but the team that I've picked out that has disappointed is Cardiff. I've gone for Cardiff, so it's quite interesting that we're all picking different teams, to be honest. Um, I've, I've not seen too much of Cardiff, but the reason I picked them was because I know they were struggling and I watched them yesterday against Leeds um, and Leeds aren't up to that much this season. Up to that much this season either. And um, Cardiff, I thought they're at home. Potentially, it's a game they can win or they need to win. And they just had nothing to offer whatsoever yesterday. Leeds deserved to win. And the only standout performer for them this season has been Anthony Pilkington, who's got a few assists and a few goals. Uh, but I, w- I was watching him up front, and they've obviously got Ricky Lambert. And, and at this level, I know Ricky Lambert's getting on a bit now. He must be 34, whatever. Um, he's not scored for those yet. But he, pretend- he-, he was doing his job, whereby, obviously, he's up front, he's holding the ball, he's getting them flick-ons, but there's nobody running past him or off the ball. And I thought... At home, it, they, do, they were just absolutely awful. And um, Peter Whittingham in the past few seasons has been an, an outstanding performer for them. He's been a great player. And by his standards, he's having a very poor season also. Um, so, yeah, Cardiff for me have not been fantastic whatsoever. And they're going to go on my disappointed list. Um, so, talking about impressing and disappointing, we're going to move on to players for each club now, if that's good. So, if we can come to you, Ollie, and just... Talk about a player what's obviously impressed either this week um, and a player that's disappointed as well. Um, yeah, I, I really don't know where to begin with this because it was a really good team performance um, against QPR on Saturday. Um, everyone did their job really, really well. Uh, we played a different system. We, Like I say, we've been using the 4-2-3-1 for the most part, but we actually played a 4-4-2 on Saturday. And um, our two main strikers, our natural strikers, obviously, are uh, Elias Kachunga, who we've got on loan from Ingolstadt in Germany, um, and obviously Naki Wells. They both started, um, but then Wagner likes to keep the fans guessing, so he put Kachunga out on the right and played Palmer up front, who is naturally an attacking midfielder. And that proved to proved to pay dividends, obviously, because Palmer, Palmer scored, um, and then Kachunga ghosted in with a with a second goal in the second half. Um, so it's tough to pick between them who who had the better game. But I'm going to marginally um, marginally give it to to 
Kachunga because I think that he deserves some recognition for his hold-up play in general and also work he's done in previous games. Uh, I think that he will score more goals as the season progresses. He's proved to be a very skillful player, one that understands how to run the forward line, one who knows when to, to hold the ball up and play the right pass uh, and and one that, as he should, against QPR. He also knows how to go on um, some enterprising runs down down the flanks as well. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to Kachunga um, for a player that impressed me. Um, a player that disappointed, that it's, it's really difficult because it's, it's very tough to pick out a weak link in a team that puts in as much hard work as we do. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really finding it quite hard to, to pick a player, but I'm going to have to say... Uh, purely because he didn't really get in the game as much as Palmer and Kachunga. I would say that Wells was perhaps a dis- bit disappointing against QPR. Um, but it's nothing to be worried about. He just had a, a slow game by his standards and I would still expect him to score comfortably over 10 goals this season. So, you know, he's just uh, he's just been given a little bit of food for thought by the performances of, of Palmer and Kachunga. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about uh, Wells actually. How's how has he been performing generally over the last like six to eight weeks? Well, Wells is a completely transformed player under David Wagner. Um, I think under Chris Powell, he was a, a, a lit, literal finisher. That was all he really had. He only had one string in his bow, so to speak. Um, uh, but I think you know, like I say, under David Wagner, he's required to do different different things. He's he's required to get. To get down and dirty with the with the pressing, you know, the first line of defence, according to David Wagner, is is the forward line. So he's been required to do that a lot more. But I think in in general, he's become a less selfish player. He, he's looking up for passes now, and he's not afraid to go out wide if if the move dictates. Um, and you know, although he he perhaps isn't getting the goals that he wants at the moment, I would say that his overall play is far far better than what it was. Um, and like I say, I think against QPR, I'm perhaps being a bit harsh picking him out because nobody really disappointed. But uh, but yeah, I think sometimes it, it's tough to look good when you've got Kachunga and Palmer in the team who who were having fantastic games. Um, yeah, I w- obviously, Huddersfield uh, top of the league, I knew you were going to find that question quite difficult. Um, but <laughs> uh, like Kachunga, I- I've noticed him be a standout performer for Huddersfield this season. He seems to be like very much a focal point in the Huddersfield team at the minute. Do- are, you- are you afraid going forward that potentially when it gets to January, he could be a player that may move on? Well, we've got him on loan, Kachunga, uh, till the end of the season um, from Ingolstadt. Uh, but I think that he he will um, sign on a permanent deal. Um, as for Wells's future, um, I, it, it's it's tough to tell because there was a lot of talk in the summer about whether a team was going to come in um, with a big money move, and it would have had to be a big money move. That's that's what our chairman made very clear. Um, but at the same time, he also said um, that the offers did come in and the door was slammed firmly in in the faces of the other team. Uh, I think with playing. We're switching between a four-two-three-one and a four-four-two. It's important that we have three genuine striking options. Um, so, I think for Wells to depart, it would it would have to be it would have to be a serious fee. Um, he's still got you know he's not in the last year of his contract or anything, so that that shouldn't really be an issue. But then it comes down to if if we've got a replacement lined up. Uh, there was talk of. Mark Uth from Hoffenheim, which would be a really, really optimistic target because he's banging him in in the top flight for 
for uh, for Hoffenheim. But you know, it's 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 one of them. I think we'll have to see where we are in January. Um, but I honestly, the way things are at the moment, I wouldn't change anything about the team if it was up to me. You know, we've got a good good bunch of lads who are all working hard for the team. Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, when you're top at league, things don't potentially need to change. So. Hopefully Huddersfield will keep going on a good run and they will uh, stay up there. And I'm praying for you, Ollie, honestly. <laughs> Thank you very much. And it takes a lot. It takes a lot for a Wednesday fan to say that, to be fair. <laughs> it, it does, but you like to see, I always like to see an underdog doing well. And uh, Huddersfield Town, I, I've, I've, not, I've got no qualms against them. So, obviously, good, good luck to Huddersfield Town. Um, obviously, then, Mike, moving on to you. Have you got a player who's impressing and a player who's disappointed this week at all? Yeah, well, I mean, thankfully you've joined me uh, during one of the one of the more better performances. Otherwise, most weeks on that disappointing aspect, we're more or less putting a load of fish in a barrel and <laughs> shooting at whatever you want, really. But um, I mean, yeah, from the the player that's impressed, and I, I don't just mean this game in general or this game specifically. Um, Craig Conway, who plays for us, is actually a, a player we got from Cardiff a few years ago um, on the cheap, and uh, he's he's very very good. Uh, I mean. He's got that sort of style to him where he's not the quickest, but he just literally thunders up and down. He, le- he just literally on one of those players who's on a bit of an endless quest to be productive or as productive as he can be. Um, and yes, he, I must admit, given some of the aspects of our team this year have been quite slack, a bit inconsistent at times, to say the very least, he's sort of like the one pillar of consistency. You know what you're going to get from him. And he is capable of scoring good goals. He puts in a good cross, he tracks back, he does the tackling, he puts in the hard yards as well. I, I wish, you know, like back in the days of Dolly the Sheep, if we'd have cloned six or seven of him, we'd probably be a lot better. Um, but he, yeah, he's, he's the player I would earmark, I would say, as the one that you'd be impressed with if you watched a game with Blackburn Rovers in. Be it from this weekend when we beat Rotherham or just generally so far this season. Fair enough, it's not, uh, you know, a particularly wide open contest. We're not unlike Ollie at Huddersfield where you hard pressed to name someone who's playing badly you you know it's not a it's not a competition where you have to go around sort of looking at each player on the pitch and think oh god what about him what about him he is head and shoulders above anybody else that we've got at the moment um in our side um as for the disappointment I mean again it's hard to to sort of go through much when you've won a game and and pick and you know and pick holes in too many things um the one I'd perhaps, again, not just specific to this game, but in general this season, probably have a bit of a dig at is uh, Jason Lowe, who is admittedly is a central midfielder who's being asked to play right back because of the, the budget cuts at Blackburn over the summer. We've had to be a little bit thrifty with where we've spent our money and for whatever reason, we've decided not to sign a proper right back, which sounds suicidal to most, but whatever. Um, but yeah, he's, um, he's, he's sort of come along, played in that position, and he has struggled. He, he looks like a midfielder playing right back at the moment. He looks short of confidence. Um, and, yeah, it, it's one of those scenarios where I think if there was a better manager in charge, he probably would take him out the side just to perhaps build him back up a little bit and maybe have a you know rethink about what to do with him. But he's still there. He's still in that position. And he's still struggling, sadly. And, uh, and yeah, he's, the, he, he's sort of a, a big area of concern, I would say. Yeah, I mean, like I said, things things can only improve. It seems at, at Blackburn. I don't, I don't mean to, don't take offence to that, but um, they, they can only they can only rise in the table, and and obviously a bit of confidence is is going to be the key and the answer to uh, 
Blackburn and, and a few of their players at the minute. Uh, moving on to Sheffield Wednesday this week, uh, a player what impressed. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick to Stephen Fletcher uh, just because, I mean, he, he came up with the assist uh, yesterday for Gary Hooper. Uh, but consistently, he's been a, a decent like seven or eight out of ten every game for Wednesday this season. And I thought he was again yesterday again yesterday uh, he's just consistently good and it's just what we need Stephen Fletcher was a player typically what we were crying out for last season and unfortunately if, if he had been there last season he might have been the player what got us promoted and obviously like it, it was a type of the player that we needed in the playoff final so I'm going to stick with Fletcher his work off the ball and his aerial presence is fantastic um, obviously he's come down a division so it is expected but he is chipping in with goals and assists uh, the, the player what disappointed for me yesterday was he, he didn't have a particularly bad game, but just his key moment and a bad decision that he made was Kieran Westwood when he came out of goal and gave away the penalty. Uh, so that was a poor decision. There was just no need to do it. There were Obviously, the, the striker was running away from goal and he had two defenders on him. So it was just one of them moments where I was just shouting at the TV, don't come off your line, don't come off your line. And he did it and brought the player down. Um, and I think that was just... One of them moments where you don't do that and we potentially go on and win and get three points. Um, but obviously, moving on to next weekend, um, I've got a couple of questions for you both, actually, because you guys both face my team in the next forthcoming month. Um, so I want to ask you that at the end also. But, Ollie, if we can discuss your game against Reading away, I believe you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got Reading away on Saturday, um, which has been a really hit and miss hunting ground for us recently. Um, we always seem to do well against them at home, but um, away, it's been a mixed bag. Um, I think that it will be a tough game. It It's never an easy place to go, generally. I, I'd sort of get that vibe. Um, and I don't think they have that bad a team, to be honest, either, Reading. Um, I think it's it's one of them where... The first goal will be will be really important um, for for either side, and with the way that we've been playing, I would say it's one of them. Where if, if we play like we did against QPR and in Brighton for for those periods of the game, then um, then yeah, we can definitely claim maximum points. Um, what do I think will actually happen? Uh, I think that we will draw. I think we're due in a way draw again. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that just based on I don't want to be too optimistic or pessimistic with the way things are going at the moment. No, you've got to, you've got to, be, uh, you've got to be optimistic, mate. It's up at Lee. Come on, you're going to go and get three points. I've been pessimistic all season so far, though, and it's worked <laughs> out. I said we'd come unstuck against Wolves and that didn't happen. I said we'd get a, a hammering off Brighton and we were lucky to lose that. I, I thought, you know, QPR would be well up for yesterday and we once again we sort of, we're tearing up the rule book at the moment, but you know everyone's expecting us to slip up. So I don't want to be the first person who who says that we are going to slip up. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, a lot of, a lot of teams would take a point away at Reading this season. So I understand why you've said that. Uh, Derby face Blackburn, Mike. Uh, what are your thoughts? Mm. What are your predictions? I don't know. It's sort of a bit of a tough one to call because Derby aren't exactly pulling up many trees at the moment, aren't they? They've got a bit of a, a fabled uh, sort of allergy to goals at the moment, um, which is great from our point of view. We'll probably help them out actually, but um, yeah, I I wouldn't. Looking at it on face value, I wouldn't expect any sort of high quality, high scoreline type encounter. Um, I'd actually be semi confident that we might actually get a point out of it. 
I, I say that because, again, Derby aren't pulling up many trees. And we are actually due a result at Derby. Uh, it's not been a particularly happy hunting ground in recent times for us. Um, last year, they had um, Darren Bent with them. And he always scores against Rovers. That's like in his contract or something. But, uh, yeah, again, I'd probably, it might even be one of those sort of last game on match of the day type things, or the equivalent of match of the day, where it's uh, it's going to be like a nil-nil type thing. Uh, yeah, I, I'm actually going to throw my hat into the ring and say probably a point. We might get that. Fair enough. Um, I, you're being a bit pessimistic as well. Come on, you you need three points, so you've got to do uh, it. This, you, you've you've got to do it. Um, now you, you see, I have a lot more. I have a lot more solid footing in pessimism than Ollie does at the moment. So he, uh, he he's he's stealing from me here. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll we'll stick with a draw then. Um, but yeah, Wednesday play Forest this weekend. We've got them at home. Um, don't know what to make of this game, but both both teams are on 11 points. They've both won three, drawn two, lost three. Um, I'm hoping the home form that Wednesday have just won two on the row may provide key to this fixture. Um, the, the only negative thing for me is that Burke is having a great season for Forrest. Um, I just hope he doesn't perform on Saturday. And the Samba Longa is showing signs of his goal of scoring form again that he did... Um, a year or so ago uh, before he got injured. So I am going to go for a Wednesday win 2-1, but I think it'll be a very close game. It potentially could go either way, but I'm just hoping that the uh, a home tie will see us through. Um, the other thing I was going to ask you guys is, obviously, Wednesday, my team face both your teams this month. Um, I'm going to Mike. Uh, I'm going to Blackburn on Tuesday. Um, oh yeah, after Same. the Forest game. Uh, yeah, so I just wondered what, what are your thoughts on that game. Um, if a quick prediction, and I'll I'll do one also, and um, <laughs> maybe I'll see you down there. Yeah, I was going to say we're. I'm going. I'm actually, believe it or not, a little story for you here. I actually live in Sheffield uh, currently, and I'm going on Tuesday with my best mate, who's actually a Wednesday fan as well. I'm actually torturing him by putting him in the Blackburn end with me. So. Um, We'll see how that goes. He might be a bit volatile if you go about 4-0 up there or something, so we might have to leave early. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd kind of like us to go on a little bit of a run now, and I get the feeling we might possibly do it if if the stars align, so to speak. So I like the fact that Wednesday don't seem to want to play away from home at the moment. Um, so I might put us down for a very narrow, if slightly nervy win. Um, maybe something like a 2 one or something like that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it's like you say, our, our problem at the minute is our away form. We've not won a game yet. Uh, we've we've drawn a couple away, but we just don't seem to... We, we, we seem to be playing well enough away from home. We're just not putting the ball in the back of the net. And obviously, everyone knows that's that's the answer. So it will be an interesting game. I would go... I'm going to go 1-1. I'll go 1-1 for that game. It wouldn't surprise me if we came away with a draw. Uh, I just don't know what to make of Wednesday at the moment. Uh, just quickly, I made a mistake on Burke. Thankfully, he has uh, left Forest. He, he he moved in the window. So, potentially, I'll go now Wednesday a 3-1 win against Forest. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but moving on to you, Ollie, what are your thoughts? Do do we play? Do Wednesday play at home against Huddersfield or is it, or is it away? I'm not, it's, no, I know it's, that one's uh, in about three weeks. It's away. It's live on Sky. It's the... Uh, 16th of October, I think it's a Sunday. Um, it's the one after the international break, so 
yeah, that's when that's when we play you. It's at the John Smith Stadium, um, which actually isn't that good because I think you know you've got quite a good record against us um, of of narrow wins um, at our ground. Um, I've no idea what's going to happen. I think a lot of it depends on on how we do between then and that game, and whether the momentum is still wholly there, and whether you're still you know in a bit of a lull, or if you started to go on the upturn. Um, and I also think a lot of it has to do with, and, and this is going to sound stupid, but a lot of it has to do with whether we get half of the south stand, which is where you'll have been in the away end. Um, because when you know when a team like Wednesday brings four and a half thousand to to our ground, it, we do get a tendency to get outsung a little bit. But if we if we get you know our our fan group in there, I think that will make a massive impact um, in terms of. The players have admitted that when when they hear us singing and stuff, it it makes a massive difference. So, um, bit depends on form. Bit depends on on whether that happens. So I'll go for now a one all draw. Let's go. <laughs> I knew that would come in. One Somewhere in the middle. Round. Yeah, it's it is an interesting one. Obviously, a Yorkshire derby. This game's always on Sky, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, yeah, again, another one. I wouldn't know what to make of it, but I will be... You know what? I I, I have not got a clue. I'm going to go... It's on Sky, nil-nil. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> I thought mine was, uh, mine was a bit boring. Yeah, I, I just... Really, honestly, I mean, I'm, I have got this unbalanced thing in my mind at the minute where I just do not know what to expect of Sheffield Wednesday. They, they're going out some games and dominating and not winning, and then other games are playing poorly and... They are winning. It's it's just a strange setup at minutes. So I'm going to go both games away to Blackburn and to Huddersfield, both draws. Um, but that's about it for today, anyway, guys. So I thank you very much. If you just want to say a quick line where we can catch you on Twitter or any projects you're involved in at the minute. So can we start with you, Mike? If you just say a goodbye line. Absolutely, yeah. Goodbye, uh, everybody. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for having me on today. If you want to catch me on Twitter, I'm on at Mikey Delap. Delap, think Rory Delap, and if you're really into your sarcasm, you'll uh, yeah, you'll have a blast. It might not make a lot of sense, but enjoy. Yeah, um, catch me on Twitter at Ollie Fisher. Um, if you're into Syria, then um, please follow at Sempre Milancom for Gringo AC Milan news, and also I'll plug um, our fan group that we've got going at the moment uh, in Huddersfield uh, called the North Stand Loyal. They can be found on Twitter at North Stand Loyal. Um, we're doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, basically, we're trying to make football fun again. So, you know, check it out. Um, and who knows, you might be inspired. Thank you, guys. appreciate that. Um, obviously, I've been your host today. It's at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter. Um, I write for Shoot Football, as I mentioned earlier, so you can keep up to date with my blogs or my articles. And I regularly update Sheffield Wednesday statistics every week after the games and throughout the season. Uh, so you can catch us there and drop me a line on Twitter if you would like to. Um, thank you, everyone, uh, for listening today uh, to the Championship Roundtable. And we will speak to you soon. Thank you. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.